Hey, from Boston, this is this is Jake Lockley, and you're listening to Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast. And this is my Boston accent, huh? Go F yourself. Yes, welcome back. Looney listeners, you are listening to Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast. I am pumped. I'm raring to go. I've, uh, I'm sitting here in Grant Mansion, and uh, for listeners, long-time listeners, you would know that this is an Isla Ra Sessions. So welcome to episode 146. As mentioned, I am in this plush setting of Grant Mansion, the mahogany, the, is it the teak? I don't know. The hardwood just smells so luscious. Um, you know, have servants waiting on me. But not only me, I have a special guest seated across the fireplace, of course, across the polar bear rug, is a very special guest, um, a stand-up comedian and podcaster himself, Matt Kona. Matt, welcome to the mansion. Ah, it's great to be here. I love the crackle of the wood. Mm-hmm. My, my my socks are drying. The wood, the mahogany, the, the, the scent of expired pledge, you know? That's it's, it. <laughs> that, that can of, the can of pledge you've had for months, and then, it, but it still works. I don't know what the expiration date is. You're it's, not eating it, but uh, it's atmospheric. It's, uh, it's vintage, you know? It's matured with age. Um, yeah. you, you've got to love these 10-foot. These I'm going to convert to... Uh, uh, empirical Ooh. ten foot ceilings. Uh, it's really just grand here. But we have uh, we've got Matt with us for for people that don't know about the show. This is the Isla Ra Sessions, aka um, Top Four Desert Island Books. I've invited Matt over. Um, he's a fellow loony. As I mentioned, he's a podcaster and a stand up comedian. Um, and we just usually get people over for a one on one chat um, uh, just to learn a bit more about our our fellow loonies in the community. Uh, as well as we get to dive into Matt's top four books. So as always as well, in the show notes you'll see four encrypted links of Matt's four books. Now you can click on the link now or and stop the podcast and have a read uh, and then come back and listen or you can wait and uh, everything will be revealed to you as we go one by one. So... Um, so Matt, uh, yeah, welcome. We always kick off with also a, a set of core questions. Um, I will jump back and forth because I really want to learn more about your your comedy side as well. But um, first one's always first things first. How did you get into comics? Ooh, well, I I had um, probably from getting comics, going on trips with my parents or grandparents to. The- the drugstore, the, the druggists, the pharmacies, and and convenience stores. They'd have little magazine racks, and I think I, I used to occasionally. I, re- I remember being sick. My family. I live in Massachusetts. My family would go up to Maine, which is about an hour and a half away, and used to be a part of Massachusetts until the old uh, Louisiana purchase or something. No, the uh, something like that. But uh, <laughs> for you American historians. Uh, so I, I would, yeah. They'd somehow they'd sometimes bring back a uh, a comic or something for me. You know what? It started with I think my mom. You know, she meant well. She brought me like a Teen Beat magazine, oh. which shows like all those heartthrob yeah, uh, yeah. '80s actors. 
And I, I mean, okay, okay, mom, listen, mm. those are mostly for 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 girls, but I, I mean. <laughs> She she thought oh these are kids my age and they're famous right. so wh- why not why not rub it in my face yep. I guess but um so but did you whatever, have, right did you have a penchant for um for TV shows and stuff maybe I'm I'm just thinking maybe that's why your mum may have gotten that uh, you know uh, the entertainment oh, yeah. industry maybe Matt little Matt would love this um, but kind of mis- true yeah yeah. yeah. Yeah, like a, like a lot of Americans raised by the TV, you know, like especially like in Maine because it was kind of like a vacation destination. And my family was a little trailer park and family, uh, my uncle, my grandparents and stuff. So they'd all go drinking by the fire pits at night. And so they just like pop video in and yeah. and I would watch that. So, uh, yeah, I think one time I... They brought me back a, a, a what if comic book. I remember my oh. first comic. I was I was thinking I was thinking about including it on the list. Yeah. I've rebought it a couple times, but it's what if Craven killed Spider Man? Ooh, that's a classic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it's a good one. But I I don't know. I I, I definitely was a a fan. There really weren't that many superhero cartoons that I remember. Oh, really? At least yeah. Well. Back then, like there were like when like a little bit later, mm. but at, like the X Men cartoon was, oh, yeah. was a big one, mm-hmm. and like the you know Spider Man cartoons were on the air in like the seventies. There might have been something in in the in the eighties, but I do remember the uh, the theme. So does whatever a spider can. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't know TV schedules, so I didn't know when. Right. I would just watch cartoons on Saturday morning and take what I could get. Yeah. Did, did they um, when you were when you were little? Did they do reruns? They did it here. I mean, like, and right as well. I didn't have any TV schedule, but I seemed to bump into it. I think they were the 60s Marvel um, cartoons where they were literally, like, uh, cartoon strips, but they were, like, moving 2D things. Did And they had the Hulk. They had Iron Man. They had, I think, Captain America. Did you did you see them as well? Or I, I, I have a vague recollection. I remember... Knowing about the Hulk, and I knew that Lou Ferrigno, well, I didn't maybe know him by name, had a TV show, <laughs> yeah. uh, a live-action Hulk. I also really liked the the world of professional wrestling a lot when oh, I was yeah. a, a youngin, and that, that kind of crossed over because you had Sergeant Slaughter who was on G.I. Joes and Transformers, and I think I remember seeing those as comic books and, and grabbing a couple of those as well. So it's, it's all kind of a blur, you know, the early yeah. 80, I was born in 1982 and mm-hmm. a lot of these TV shows, you know, the cartoons and stuff. Yeah. They were from like the sixties. I don't particularly remember like the comic book strip ones, but, okay. um, but I know like Captain America, you would see imagery everywhere, like yeah. birthday parties and stuff, and then kind yeah. of discover it later. Well, that's a bit, I mean, like, who knows, like in Australia here, I mean, who knows what they gave us reruns. They're probably like, um, dead and buried shows that the u.s would never air again but you know we got them over here so uh you know um, and also you mentioned about wrestling uh so you were you used to be fan are you a fan now or yeah i mean i I still like wrestling i I just don't follow it on a on a week-to-week basis of Mm. things but but i have uh i mean as you'll see when we get into my list i I'm, a, I'm a, a kid of the 80s and 90s, so I have a deep nostalgia for that period. And these last few years, I've kind of gone back and 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 uh, either caught up with stuff that was sort of satellite around what I was watching then. You know, yeah. 
and old movies and you know i had the wwe network for a while so you could just watch straight up shows <laughs> yeah. from like when you you know and uh you know some of it holds up better than others but um yeah i don't know i i like that wrestling is kind of universal it's changed with the times but it's it's essentially a a, a soap opera it's it's storytelling it's yeah. cartoony bad yeah. versus good and yeah oh, stuff the- like that um, I used to love it as well when I was when I was a wee tacker, um, and, and you know loving the kind of comics and the TV shows of superheroes as well. So, and you see a lot of uh, comic book fans now, and comic book writers and artists, they're big wrestling fans. So, there's definitely like a synergy between the two um, the two mediums. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I don't I don't follow it now. I used to yeah stay up and and, and I used to, actually I used to I was that young. I actually used to think it was. Um, it was real, and uh, and yeah, and, and, yeah. And in 1986, we went to the US. Uh, we stayed with some family friends, and uh, they had three children, kind of similar age to to us. Uh, and yeah, they broke the news to me that it was all kind of fake, and I just wouldn't believe it. I said, "Nah, that's not. no, nah, it's got to be real." <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you no, also, I remember being I remember being traumatized watching a, a big fella named Earthquake. Sit and squish the python of Jake the Snake Jake Roberts the Snake. on Saturday yes. afternoon Superstars TV. Uh, Earth- was- Earthquake had the uh, he had the beard, right? He was a uh, um, and yeah. the, the leotards yeah. and uh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I was yeah. You would know the names: King Kong Bundy, um, Hulk Hogan. Oh, I remember King Kong Bundy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mr. Wonderful. And also, those guys were on Hulk. This is something that you know it just kind of connects. Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling was a short-lived Saturday morning cartoon that was uh, on TV back then. I don't know if it wow. ever made made it way there. But I had bed sheets of it and stuff. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's so cool. Um, you also mentioned, uh, just sticking on the point a bit, about the nostalgia of you know re-watching these things as well. Um, I just found it an interesting point that you said you almost picked your your what if issue which is a very strong issue of craving killing spider-man because the mix of nostalgia for you and it being quite a strong issue um that would have been hard not to not to put in your top four but i know i mean and another thing that we're going to find out is these four issues that, that that i i chose these they're not like major landmarks if anything some of them is just to kind of remind me of the era. And I was flipping through all these books, trying to decide on one or two. And and they they might seem a bit random. They may have seemed a little bit random to you when reading them. But I can't pick like an entire saga. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it would be great to have four graphic novels yeah. for a desert island scenario. <laughs> well, so. That's kind of a, a little bit of a... Um, I don't know what do you call it. It's, it's something a tease, that, a, a little tease that I do like. Um, in that it is, it is quite hard. I've done that as, as well. It's hard to distill it down to four. Um, oh, I mean the tease, as in uh, teasing the guests, because it is hard to to come down with four. I, I'm very interested. Um, I mean, we will get to 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 really uh, find out more about you know. And why you chose these ones? Not to say they're bad; they're, they're really good. But everyone has their own story to them, you know, and everyone mm. has their own um, exactly. kind of link to it. So, um, yeah, this this will be pretty cool indeed. I'm um, sorry, Matt. You may have seen, and and listeners may have picked up on the audio me sipping something. Yeah, look, while I was waiting for Matt, I did have um, I have Samuel's bring over a whiskey. Um, 
uh, Matt, can I um, can I interest you in a drink from uh, from Samuels? Sure, Samuels. Can you make me a, a, a Tom Collins extra ice? <laughs> yes, Samuels. Did he, Samuels was just waiting in the shadows there for us. I, I've, I've streamlined it now. I no longer have to ring the bell. Samuels is just there behind the curtains. You probably saw his feet under the. Yeah. So, <laughs> so what was that? What was that um, drink that you said? <laughs> so it's a, a, it's a Tom Collins, which yeah. is a, it's kind of a cop out drink because. You make it with Tom Collins mix, and uh, <laughs> and I think you can interchange vodka or or something else. But I don't know. I remember when I was first uh, dab- dabbling in il- uh, illegal underage drinking. Mm-hmm. I, I was introduced to this drink, and uh, I quite liked it. And and later, I had a, a friend in school whose name was Tom Collins. That, actually, that yeah. probably predated it. So yeah. I thought, oh, that's cool. Spice. My old buddy, yeah, he <laughs> moved away, yeah. and now I'm paying tribute to him by yeah. getting drunk at the age of 17, <laughs> sleeping over my friend's house, watching movies. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Well, it is a very distinct uh, drink. It's kind of citrusy. Yeah. Okay, if that helps you, Samuels. Um, yep, Samuels seems to we've got a we've got a pretty big butler's pantry over here, Matt. So, um, Samuels, a, a round of uh, Tommy Tommy Colinos for uh, for Matt. Uh, thank you, Samuels. Off he goes. He'll be back with that um, very soon, Matt, as well. Sorry about that break. Um, anyway, so I want to actually just a little bit further, Matt, about your, your comic. Um, getting into comics. So you mentioned that your 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 mum brought you some comics, um, you know, one of them being the What If. So, so kind of lead us in, where did it go from there? Like, and um, how, how else did you kind of explore different publishers, titles and stuff? Well, comic books were, were quite literally an escape for me because after I started seeing them in common places like convenience stores, we would go to the beach. And I'm not like the biggest beach guy. I like to run in the water and stuff. But my parents would stay there all day and soak up the sun. And I would take a walk downtown in York Beach, Maine. And there was a... Uh, it, it, it was sort of like a, a weird amalgam, uh, amalgam of many different things in one store. They had like novelty t-shirts and stuff. But they had a pretty large back-issue comic book selection. So I used to buy a bunch of stuff there. So I found different publishers, you know, both Marvel and DC. And... You know, Malibu, yes, Vertigo, Malibu. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. and, some, and of course, Archie. I went through a, a oh, pretty, really? good Ar- Archie phase, yeah, you know. Do you still like it's Archie? Cool. Because it, it's pretty still, it's pretty pro- um, popular now still. Yeah, I haven't read much new Archie, but I, again, like I'll, when I go to comic book stores, I spend a, uh, a sizable time in the, in the, in the bins mm. and getting deep in the bins and i i picked up an old uh betty and veronica little annual little short oh, stack like book. Do- and is th- it a those digest? are good yeah 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 digest that's what it is right and, and so i i enjoyed that i read that uh a while back and and you know i mean the way that archie is kind of modernized is is great with like the not, not just like the riverdale show which i've only seen a little bit of but Archie versus Predator. Yeah, and, yeah you know, I've read that one actually. Like that. It's really yeah. weird. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. But yeah, okay. So Archie, Archie, pretty. I'm really uh, jealous of those bins that you guys have, um, and it must be such a great uh, resource to pick up all the older, all the other, older mm. titles, like you say as well. Um, yeah. 
But DC and Marvel, it's kind of... I didn't really have an allegiance towards mm. either one of them. I mean, Batman, when the movie came out in, in I think, 1989, that was awesome. You know, they loved trading cards and stuff like yeah. that, too. But I was sort of at the mercy, like, when I went home to what issues were available in the stores near me. And luckily, even though I lived in this tiny little small town, there was, like, a comic book and trading card shop that opened up that I would just go to all the time. Yeah. And uh, I would just pick what I, what I liked. And, and But but I judge from the cover, and then you kind of get into okay. something. Because I, I was about to ask, and, yeah, is, is it the art that kind of drew, drew you in, or was it something that kind of... Were you in that mindset of, oh, I want to... I want to just try something different. Like, you know, I want to I want to take a risk and say check out Alpha Flight or something, you know, like that. Is that is that how you kind of landed on it? But it's more so yeah. the, the the comic book cover, right? Yeah, I, I think so. I, I think the the cover would would kind of draw me in. Sometimes if uh if I knew that there was crossovers with characters in a book that I was reading, then uh then I would check that out. I remember being like fascinated by some of the stuff like Excalibur. I was yeah. knew it was sort of X-Men adjacent, yep. but but it was in England and you know. And some of the stuff also I could judge it by and judge with her I was going to buy it by the price on the cover. Like there was oh, some yeah. fancier stuff, you know, like yeah. the normal comics were a dollar but some of them were like a dollar seventy five. You know, they... this must be for people with a budget higher <laughs> in the yeah. higher in the teen spectrum. Yeah. That I remember that as well, and I can't remember if it was that big a leap between a dollar and a dollar seventy five or not. But uh, say for instance, like for, for Moon Knight, um, I mentioned it a lot. The paper stock yes. in there is was slightly different, so it seemed mm. like it would well, and it has um, hold up a lot longer over time because the 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 yeah. main comics had this kind of cheapy. I don't know that um, the pages would soak in the ink and. Um, oh yeah, yeah, and, and if I, you had too yeah. much oil in your finger, yeah, <laughs> yeah, which I yeah, always do. It, uh, you me smudge too, it, me yeah. Too. yeah, yeah. Um, oh. But yeah, I opened up an old uh, Incredible Hulk, uh, Peter David Dale Keen issue, um, and I had a look at a Joe Fix It issue, and I was like, oh, this is so mm. cool. I've only read it a couple of times. It's like you know, twenty, thirty years old. I open it and it's so mm. faded. It's like, oh man, this is. Yeah. Um, So that's a shame, but uh, yeah, definitely different um, price differences uh, for for the books. But yeah, of course, what you have in the wallet will determine what you can get as well. So um, yeah, yeah. Also, within the comic, you know, like the page that has where you can get the subscriptions and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like there, there's sections where they're the ones that are higher. And Moon Knight was always in them, and so sometimes (laughs) the name would fascinate me. Like even if I didn't see it. Because there was also a video store that had a comic book section, which was cool. And, and, and so I would kind of look for those. Like, oh, I want to check that out. I want to know yeah. who Moon Knight is or yeah. what war- Warlock is and yes. stuff. And, Death's Head. You know. I, you know, all the weird, oh, yeah. kind of weird ones. Death. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, actually, I can hear footsteps. Samuels, oh, here oh, he is. Oh. Thank you, Samuels. Um, there's your Tommy Collins. Ah. Tom Collins. Yes. <laughs> thank you, thank you. But mm-hmm. uh, you put a, a fair bit of ice in there, Samuels. I hope you're not, you know, jibbing, you know, young Matt here. <laughs> anyway. oh. oh, he kept what's left over in the shaker. I get it. I get it, Samuels. <laughs> That's okay, Samuels. You and Netta, you know, um, it is a it is a Friday, Saturday night. Um, have a, have a tip for yourself. Thank you very much. Well, um, okay, Matt. Well, actually, I, I just want to jump now to one of the other core questions that we usually ask, and it depends on on the guest. Um, for you, I thought it would be interesting, uh, 
we know, and I introduced you as also a, a podcaster as well. You're actually um, one of the co-hosts on, on one of my favourite podcasts. A big shout out to the Quantum Zone, a Quasar podcast. Um, so that's on Capes and uh, Lunatic Sidekicks. Um, but apart from being a podcaster, Matt, uh, you're also a stand-up comedian, um, which my gosh, it just kind of floors me because that's one of the most terrifying things I can think <laughs> of. Um, how did you get into stand-up? Like... Well, I got into stand-up, kind of backed myself into it. I've, I've, I've always been a, a, a bit of a, of a wise guy, and I was <laughs> like to... I was never really the, the, the class clown. I was always the, the, the head writer for the class clown. Oh, right. I would be back at the back of the classroom and think of something funny. <laughs> okay. And I'd be like, hey, poo it, and make, make him laugh or, or uh, get him in trouble, you yeah, know, yeah. or just next to me. Occasionally, I'd, I'd, throw, I'd throw a line out if I couldn't resist. And one, there's just like a short one. You know, speaking of bad print and fading, we would have these these Xerox sheets, these photocopies that were like almost unreadable. And so I had a teacher who was reading from this once, and it was a teacher that I didn't really get along with. And she's like, and then they signed the decla. Uh, I can't read this. And I just said, sound it out. <laughs> and and, and, and she, she got real mad. <laughs> but, um, that, that does sound a, so, a little cheeky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'd always, I would always, I was always uh, a funny, affable guy, I think, and, and, and make it, I love pranks and cracking my friends up, just being silly. So uh, later on, I started getting into uh, punk rock music, and I had a lot of nice. friends who were, who were in bands, and these bands started to tour around and, and see see the world and uh they would just ask me to go as a roadie and i was like i i don't know anything about i can't tune a guitar i can't do anything they're like oh you just gotta hang out you know keep keep the keep the spirits up you sell t-shirts you drink with us whatever uh stay in people's basements of houses and (laughs) stuff like that so i did and then i did that a few times with bands and then i was having so much fun we were on this tour in the u.s and there were there were uh it was us, this band called Foreign Objects. There's a band from South Carolina called Logic Problem and another band from Australia called... Oh. Not Scooby, not Australia. Sorry, sorry. Uh. Hope so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh. Oh. Wrong consonant. <laughs> um, from uh, England, okay. that, you know, that other place. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, they're called The Shitty Limits. And they were <laughs> all very... They're all very funny. Like, their songs are funny, too. Not like... Weird Al, but they're they're witty, you know. Yeah, they get oh, like, like um, sense of humor. Yeah, in that in that punk punk sensibility, that kind of thing. Yeah, yes. Yeah. And so oh, we would have all these shows, and then hang out this massive group of people. So they occasion they essentially became like my test audience. So I would just I would tell stories. I would make fun of the bands. You know, I was kind of being like the roast master storyteller guy, and I would I would do like fake sound checks before the the shows and just i liked i love making them laugh and talking about comedy like they turned me on to a bunch of like weird british sketch comedy that i'd never heard of and uh and so on the way back after the the tour was ending pretty much driving from pittsburgh to boston i was like you know i think i'm gonna try to do open mic try to do this uh stand-up thing i'll try it out 
and I looked it up, and like the day we got back, there was an open mic night, and so I invited a couple of friends who found me funny, and yeah. just basically I invited them to ensure that I would not bail out, that I would go. Uh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, uh, you know, like make plans, no, don't break it. Because a, a part of me was a little bit terrified. I'd done speech class, and I'd, I'd talked a little bit in public. But again, like I said, I was more comfortable being the, the voice in the back or making small groups of people laugh. So yeah, that, I, I, you know, that that's a big that's a big thing though. You, you know, like it's something as you say that uh, you started getting interesting. But that big leap to to public speaking is like. Um, so how did you find it? Like with the first couple of times when you you had the mic in front of you and you're in a, a darkened room with with um, silhouettes kind of looking up at you. <laughs> well, I mean, public speaking for the very first time was in college when I, I did oh. a very personal story in speech class, and that was kind of terrifying. Oh. But it went well. Yeah. But it wasn't it wasn't like a funny story. There was a couple parts that had tension breaking comedy moments in it, but. Um, so that kind of prepared me for it. Also, the fact that it, it, open mics have sometimes 50 comedians. So it depends on where you go and the time limit you're allotted. So I'm sitting there. I got there at, at 9 o'clock at night, and I didn't go on until sometime after midnight. So I'd seen a lot of people go up, and I'd seen a lot of people just suck. <laughs> so I, it, 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 their uh, mediocrity gave me confidence. I'm like, oh, I'm going to just go up there and whatever. Oh, yeah, it's good. And, and, and part of what I was doing my very first time on stage could be construed as uh, anti-comedy. So sort of like I was telling jokes that were so unfunny that they were funny uh, in like, my head. Like really, really dry? Is that it, that it then? Or? Kind, kinda. So uh, like here's, here's an example. Or, or like... Maybe like more clever than they than they ought to be. Mm-hmm. So I could you said I could I could use a curse word. Of course, of course. Here. Oh, okay, don't worry. Okay. Phil Phil has um, <laughs> sprayed the show with plenty. So, yeah, <laughs> which is odd because you know the quantum zone. We have a no no yeah. cursing bylaws, but um, yeah. So so all right. So I would go up on on stage, and you know I was a little nervous, and they knew that it was my first time, and I'm like, listen, I I. I, I have a I have a fucked up joke, but I don't know if I should tell it. Then people are like urging me, ah, hey, yeah, not tell. It. Okay, okay, but I gotta warn you, it's it's real fucked up. Why did the chicken cross the road to get to the other side? Okay, I got another one. You know, like it was a <laughs> fucked up joke because I told the whole thing at once. Oh you know? yeah, yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like I, like I fucked up. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, it was it was some stuff like that, and. and uh, but but it was kind of exhilarating, you know. I felt like I was I was pranking the audience. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't bomb if I'm I'm not that funny anyway. And then the next time I did it, I, I kept writing more jokes. And the next time I did it, it was a, like a, a sort of a show. It's kind of like a booked open mic that it was a contest. And I brought a lot of people, and I won fifty bucks. And so I was like, nice. I, I'm a paid comedian. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. Well, that's Third always- show bomb horribly. Everyone hates me. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's but, good. It's good to have yeah. that validation, you know. Every to know that you're, you're totally not off the tracks at all, you know. So, uh, right. But yeah. yeah, I mean, bombing the other show. I guess. I guess that's the thing as well with stand up. You, you've got to be prepared oh, for the oh. big falls as well as the uh, as the highs, which is such a thing because yeah. you, you've got the reaction there right in front of you. You, you know. So 
So um, really, really hard stuff. Interesting, um, you talk about writing all the jokes. So it just fascinates me, um, material then. How do you, what do you do? Do you, do you go, okay, it's, it's Sunday, I'm going to take my notebook out, I'm going to walk outside and I'm just going to kind of observe the world and see what's funny? Or, or what do you do? How do you, how do you go about it? Like, well, uh, I mean, for, for me, it, it was so, it was just sort of I would write things when it occurred to me. They were usually just silly things. Also, when you first start out, it's often filth, un- <laughs> filthy. <laughs> Dirty, yeah. inappropriate thoughts that would not, should not be said in front of polite company. Oh, look, that, that's and, a basis of Australian comedy here, so just don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I watched a set of mine someone posted on Facebook. You get memories pop up from 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I, I had my, my wife, who is a comedian as well, mm-hmm. watch that. And she's like, this is disgusting. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I know, but it's funny, right? I mean, it's. It's filthy, yeah, okay. Yeah. But, uh, so, I, I mean, some, sometimes I would later t- get into stories of things that happened to me, and I remember one, you know, once on the way to a show, something happened to me, like a, an encounter with a crazy homeless guy on a train, Ooh. and I was like, wow, this story basically came to me fully born, yeah. and so I did it, I did it at the open mic, and it became sort of like a signature bit. Like I just kept adding to it and kind oh. of finding the beat, the beats and the rhythm to it and adding little asides. And that became like this real breakthrough joke, which helped me a lot early on uh, make people laugh with like a big solid closing bit that was sort of hard to follow. And then, then I don't know, like it would just happen. Like I, I would usually cut, you know, some little bit of personal experience, some mm-hmm. observational stuff, a lot, a lot of wordplay and sarcasm and, and stuff like that, and then just honing it. Like I would record myself. I started recording myself on a Walkman with a cassette tape. Oh, This is yeah. in 2009, but I still had them <laughs> with, with headphones plugged in as the microphone to pick up the sound. Awesome. And, and so I would listen to it and be kind of my own writing partner when I got home. Hmm. I, I would sit down with a beer or something else and, yep. and then listen to it and analyze it and add and subtract things and critique how many times I say like or but uh oh. or try to try to trim the fat because you, you don't know what the hell you're saying when you're on stage <laughs> and you don't you don't realize these bad habits and ticks you have. Yeah. So that became uh, something that I would really harp on and try try to try to Get it together. Are they kind of club owners and stuff? Are they are they strict on certain? Like, are you limited by certain parameters that you know they say? Look, just don't go there. Oh, obviously, maybe so. Obviously, taboo subjects. Yeah, okay. But um, sometimes, but very very rarely. But there would be sometimes where people would do that. But I mean, most of my time in my early formative years was spent in open mics or bars. So Mm. there was it was very rarely that you would get a, a show. That said, hey, don't say this word. Yeah, yeah. Don't say that word. And I had a, a buddy of mine who they they said, don't say these two words at this comedy club inside of a casino in Rhode Island. And they were uh, the N and the uh, homophobic F word. <laughs> and and uh, and and so he did a set. He did this killer set. People, best set of the night in the part of this contest. He was almost assured to win, 
And then he said, "Thank you. You've all been a bunch of blanky blanks. <laughs> oh, okay. eh, 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 eh. Yeah. Just, just to, just to say fuck you to the promoter." Yeah, and uh, <laughs> that was that was far out. Oh god. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, um, just moving a little bit along because I can, I can actually talk. Like, oh, I'm yeah, just fascinated. No. I'm fascinated with this whole stand-up thing, seriously. And uh, so I've had all these. Um, I've got it on the prompt sheet here, Matt. But I've just got like another ten questions in my head. So before. Um, my brain becomes a rambling mess. Um, just like a couple of things. Um, so you mentioned as well, like as, as you said, you kind of fell into it by coming uh, by becoming a roadie. So did you ever really get into um, like watching stand up or or, or um, not not necessarily live stand up, but like um, famous comedians? Like one of my favourites, like Rowan Atkinson. Um, mm. I'm not sure if you know. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, and and the Mr. young Mr. Bean, Mr. Yeah, Bean, yeah. but the young ones, oh, the young, I was ones. young ones, yeah, yeah. Rick Mayall, uh, fantastic uh, comedian. But yeah, yeah. W- was it any? Was there any inkling of that, or, or when you were in your upbringing that you that you were looking and going, okay, well maybe one day I can be someone like that, like sort of. So yeah. I was really into sketch comedy. I really mm-hmm. like. I remember my my parents had a uh, bootleg video, sorry FBI, of the best of John Belushi on Saturday <laughs> oh, Night Live. nice, yeah. And I remember watching Saturday Night Live in the 80s, sleeping over at my grandmother's house when Martin Short was on the show as Ed Grimley. I don't know if you remember that character. He was uh, also later a cartoon series. But oh. he was like this guy, he had, uh, I must say, his shirt tucked in, his very high-strung strange weirdo <laughs> character yeah and uh and then i remember just watching you know hearing about things like my friends would tell me oh like we didn't have comedy central growing up but my friend whose parents were divorced his dad had it so he could watch it on weekends when he would visit there so i would give him vhs tapes I'm like just record comedy central i want to see it and then give me the tape I don't care, and and so there would be com- there would be stand up comedy on there and sketch comedy. I always wanted to do sketch, and years before I started oh. doing stand up in, in two thousand, I I did a, a cable access. I'll call it a special. I wanted it to be a series, but I could only <laughs> patch together one episode, <laughs> so uh, it was a special, and it aired a bunch of. I named it Coupon Clippers Digest because it would appear in the the. Uh, the the, t- the preview guide channel you know before you had the internet it would say what time shows are on yeah so i was basically trying to trick old ladies in brookline massachusetts <laughs> to watch it or something yeah yeah oh i show up about coupons okay <laughs> but i none of my friends were interested in comedy so i had to do a lot of it by myself and a lot of arm twisting a lot of people that weren't actors and didn't want to do it were being forced to these stupid little twisted sketches of mine and uh it was a lot of hard work and and just like being in a band is hard work, but if yeah. you're a singer-songwriter or if you're a comedian, you don't have to check other people's schedules. If you want to go perform, you just go. Just jump on the tube, get in the car, walk sometimes, and and and, and do it. So doing stand-up kind of simplified that, but my, my first love was sketch comedy. I, lo- I loved uh, Saturday Night Live, Kids in the Hall, Mr. Show with Bob and David, okay. and uh, yeah, and shows like The Young Ones. That's yeah. Great. Oh, I mean, yeah, because I think also with comedy, there's a versatility. Like you're talking about sketch, sketch comedy as well, and and I guess stand up would would 
um, maybe be the precursor. I think it would be the precursor to that because you see a lot of. I, I don't know. I was just telling my partner Eve the other day as well um, how a lot of you know really good comedians have turned into really good actors, and it's because yeah. I, I and I think they do hone their skills through uh, sketch comedy. Um, like, I, I can't speak for the likes of, say, Tom Hanks um, and, and Michael Keaton, um, but I know that they did start out in, in some capacity with comedy. Um, yeah, Michael, Ke- Michael Keaton was a stand-up. Tom he Hanks was, really? Did a lot. Okay. Yeah, yeah, he did. He started as a stand-up. Right. And Tom Hanks, he wasn't a stand-up, but he did mostly comedy stuff. I remember the show yes. Bosom Buddies, which right. was about uh, cross-dressing guys that were just like... <laughs> They would dress up like women because they only allowed women in the apartment that they wanted or something. Yeah. But he he was a great early Saturday Night Live, well, early when I was watching Saturday Night Live host as well. And he played a comedian in a movie that uh, called Punchline, which is weird. Oh, perfect. Perfect. um, It's right in this slot, actually. So, yeah, yeah. Bob Odenkirk, who is from my favorite sketch show of all time, Mr. Show with Bob and David, who I have a, a tattoo of. Oh, wow. All, okay. you, Patreon, all you Patreon people. Yeah. Um, Bob Odekirk is now, you know, he was in Breaking Bad, and now he's he's Saul from Better Call Saul. Oh, and yeah, he's an yeah. Incre- he's, he's, a, he's an incredible actor, yeah. but he's such a funny writer. He was a writer on SNL. And Mr. Show, if you haven't seen it, it was on HBO in the mid-'90s at midnight on Fridays and then Mondays. But it's top-notch, my favorite sketch comedy show of all time. And I feel like it still holds up. There's not a lot of dated material. You know, they weren't pulling from the headlines. It was just silly, absurd stuff done in a creative, free from censorship way. Okay. And sorry, um, what was that? What's the name of the show? That show again? Uh, it's called Mister Show with Bob Mr. and show. David. Okay. David Cross, yep. other great stand-up, and Bob Odenkirk. Okay. No worries. Well, uh, Looney listeners, uh, all this and uh, some of the others as well. I'm going to have to, when I do some editing, going to re- re- re-listen. Um, these will be in the show notes, so just check out the links. Uh, they're probably worth checking out as well. Um, I just think, because with sketch comedy, Matt, uh, there's a lot of versatility, um, and I'm sure your experience would have been fun doing that doing that show. Um, with comedians, you know, I'm thinking of some of the English comedians as well, the League of Gentlemen, um, I'm not sure if you've seen that that um, comedy show. I have, yeah. But, you know, yeah, they, I remember that. Yeah, they 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 do. There's like three guys that do just countless characters. But I guess you hone your craft because you're just playing these different things all the time, and uh, and then they finally turn into like serious. Well, if they want to do serious acting, then it's, it's like a, a breeze for them. Um, yeah. So yeah, and it's it's a really it's a really nifty kind of talent to have, and and stand up. Yeah, I guess is just at the core of it. Um, well, moving just along here before we get into your Desert Island books, just a few more things on comics, going back to the comics, Matt. Um, actually, comics and, and, well, hang on, hold on, uh, and podcasting. Um, yeah, yeah. So apart from the Quantum Zone, uh, the Quasar podcast, which is a fantastic, um, we'll get into that just a little bit, but you used to host a, a couple of other podcasts as well, um, so the likes of Comics Coming Up, and uh, backstage at the Naked Comedy Show, uh, so one some comic one comic based. I'm assuming that's comic book based, and another more on stand up. Yeah. So yes and no, yeah. because comics comics coming up was about stand up comics, and, and sometimes oh. people they call them they call them comics or comedians, and and uh, but this and it was always something because I have done this show it's been a podcast and i kind of formulated it into a showcase too and so i have done it at comic book conventions 
and felt oh. like I, I was I was totally false advertising <laughs> to people yeah. because and then I, I stopped doing the podcast. It still exists yeah. if you search uh, Apple Podcasts or whatever. Yeah, it's still there, and it, yeah. it, it and it's on my my website mattkona.com, which I do not update. But um, <laughs> so I I was really interested. It, it, I'm gonna say this was the first comedy podcast in in boston now there's a wow. there's a ton of them and a lot of podcasts are very nuanced now this was just me talking to comics i didn't think mm-hmm. it was like an inside the actor studio thing i would like i'd love the people to hear people's backstories i mean we're talking so much about me starting out so i would love to you know there's so many colorful characters that i met in the in the comedy scene so i would interview them and sort of give them a platform so i could pick their brain how they got into it horror stories of bad gigs oh, and so things, many good so many things. stories i'd imagine yeah oh yeah yeah so it's i mean i had a great time doing it the only reason that i stopped doing it was because my buddy who was recording it was driving like over an hour every week to do it and there was no pay and i felt bad and also i was losing out on doing gigs to do these podcasts because oh, yeah. i was I was sort of balancing it between work and I couldn't do it from home. I, I could, so I'm thinking I should bring it back now and do like get vocal or zoom it or yeah. something. But um, yeah, I should. I really enjoyed it, and it's uh, it's something that I am I am proud of the the history of it. So I did comics coming up for a while, and then I did uh, a podcast with my friend Nick, which is about. Uh, mixed martial arts, which is called MManiacs. He named it, and we oh, would just wow. talk about the current the current days. Uh, you know, fights coming up in in the UFC primarily, and also Bellator. We would go to some live events, and that was another thing where he was traveling from very far away. Yeah, and if we if we couldn't get a podcast up on time. It was useless because yeah. well, you want to listen to a preview for a fight that happened yeah, three days ago. Yeah, yeah, you know. yeah. yeah. Uh, is, is he the um, Nicholas, the same Nicholas from the Ridiculous Nicholas podcast? Or? He is. Ah, right. Yes. He is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. yeah. He's, he's an eccentric character. Yeah. 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 Wow, and, you know that podcast. Wow. I've, I've been doing my research. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah, yeah. But so we did that, and then backstage of the Naked Comedy Showcase is just me talking to comedians. Like, so there's a show that happens every first Thursday of the month at a club called Improv Boston, where comedians do stand up without any clothes. It's not just a clever <laughs> name. It, it's yeah. it's not Naked Truth or anything. They're yeah. just naked, and so it's a it's a weird show. And so we have this podcast that happens backstage. Yeah. It's actually in a separate room <laughs> to pull the curtain back. But it's it's me and and Nick was the producer of it early on. We've had a couple different ones, and we're just talking and and uh, and chopping it up a little bit and shooting the shit about why you would want to tell jokes naked. Yeah, yeah. We talk to the people who have never done it, and then they do their set. They come back and we're like, "How was it?" And oh, you know, it's, cool. it's usually it's usually the same answer. No one says that was terrible. I'm never doing that again. Yeah. But uh, but it's a good time, and, and you know, just getting. Uh, a, a group of comics together, it, it's it's a it's amazing energy to me because it, it's very inspirational and sometimes makes me creative. I think I'm pretty funny off the cuff, and and sometimes you need other comics to play with to uh, to bring that up out of you. And so because we're under quarantine at the time we're listening to this, uh, maybe yes. things are fine, <laughs> but no, <laughs> probably they're not. Yeah. So I listened. I had to. I just edited together a two and a half hour best of, and they're normally about ninety minutes each. And I had so much fun listening to some of these old conversations. So yeah, 
Oh, no, look, absolutely. And again, these will be in the channels. Looney's, I, I urge you to, to give this a listen. It's a lot of fun. I can imagine it's just exhilarate. you know, it just it just sounds like it's an exhilarating kind of experience, you, you know? Uh, just that next mm. level of performing, um, but, you know, yeah. just performing in the in the nuds, so... Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, you don't have to worry about your outfit. Yeah, <laughs> that's it, yeah. You don't have to iron anything. Um, <laughs> so, also... Um, Looking at okay, so just bouncing then to your most current uh, podcast, uh, besides of course the the Scarlet Spider Ultimate Spider Cast, yes. which uh, the Matt Matt and I also helped to co-host with uh, Phil, mm-hmm. um, good friend of the show. Uh, but uh, the the Quantum Zone, the the Quasar podcast, it probably says it on the tin there, Matt. But for listeners that don't know. Uh, what, how would you describe the show? Um, you know, the co-hosts, uh, the format that you do, which is which is quite different, and um, and what it is you cover. All right. So the Quantum Zone came together because I just I became obsessed with Quasar again. He was someone I was awesome. vaguely aware of in the nineties, yeah. but I I was with my my wife and her sister who was visiting from Israel, walking around downtown Salem, and I found this real cool comic store. They had 25 cent bins, and I found a ton of Quasar, and I, I fell in love, and I got on Twitter, and I found I found Phil, and Phil's like, I'm try- I want to start a podcast about this. I was like, I do too. Let's do it. I don't know how technology works, but, but what is it about Quasar then? Like, what is it? How do you pinpoint it? What really kind of kind of attracted? Like, why Quasar? Not not that he's a bad character. I love the character as well, but just mm. um, he's very obscure. It is, and and that's what. What I kind of liked, because I was just looking at the covers again, like it was typical of of a young of a young man, and uh, you know, I saw Venom in some of them, and you know, the Absorbing Man. I was yeah. like, okay, these are these these should be good adventures. And then just reading them, he was a guy that I kind of I don't know, like I I felt a connection to because he was sort of doubting himself. He's he's a part of the Avengers. He feels like a fraud. He's been given this responsibility. He's starting a business. He doesn't know what's happening. He's just hiring people randomly with no qualifications because they were attacked by an even more bizarre villain, you know, <laughs> yeah. and and, uh, and stuff like that. And, and I thought, wow, like I really, really loved like the writing. I thought it was clever and a good balance of cosmic Earth stuff, humor, and and I felt like it had a lot of heart. And I was mm, like, how? how why don't why don't people know about this? Like, yeah. Oh, where, why did this fall between the cracks? I know there was millions of books in the '90s, so maybe that's why. But I don't know. I, I was just I just got real into it, and it was great. Yeah, I mean, it, it is a you touch upon the the writing, and and for me, I guess Grunwald is uh, just a master. And he, if, even if you place him when he wrote Quasar, well, the kind of runs that you guys are going through now, like in the nineties. And you have, it's true, you have a lot of fluff in the 90s as well. There's a lot of bad stuff in the 90s. But Grunewald's yeah. stuff still holds up so, it's just solid writing the whole way through. Um, I kind of fell into Quasar um, because uh, because of the crossovers. You, you know, basically yeah. Operation Galactic Storm. Uh, I was collecting Avengers, um, and I think I was collecting a bit of Thor as well. Um, so anyway, I just I had to be a completionist, so buying all the parts, I had to buy some quotes, and I really liked his his stuff. Um, but then returning to him as well, just with with an older uh, perspective, I, I just um, respect the the writing a whole lot more, and the art is is really yeah. solid. So um, yeah. 
yeah, it's just one of those happy accidents, which I, I think is really cool. Um, and so yourself, um, as you mentioned, um, you approach Phil, who who's a man of like a thousand shows himself. Um, on, He's podcasting somewhere as we speak. Yeah, he pro- yeah I would not yeah, be surprised yeah. as well. And uh, and um, the master of the quantum zone himself, um, Will, Will Allred. Allred. Yeah. yeah. So this guy, yeah, oh man, he is, he's like, it, it's funny, you know, because I, I really, uh, I want to fanboy out about him because mm. he has this, it's quantumzone.net. Yeah, and on it's, the .org, it's an isn't amazing, it? .org, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah, quantumzone.org. So quantumzone.org, <laughs> edit that out. Yeah. All right, uh, Samuel, clean up my mess. Yeah, come on, Samuel, uh, come on, chop, chop. Another, another Tom Collins. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, Will, he's a brilliant mind. He's in Arkansas. He's got this completely bananas encyclopedia of quasar knowledge and all the connections and we found him also on twitter we just found each other none of us have ever met in in real life and it's crazy i mean i know that's common for like a lot of podcasts nowadays but um but it's just so cool and and the the way this show works it's sort of like a a combination between a bizarre audio book and DVD audio commentary, and and uh, me making dumb jokes and Phil <laughs> putting weird sound effects in, sometimes inappropriate. Uh, I'm like, that wasn't a joke. That wasn't a rim shot. What are you doing? Yeah. But, but you, you uh, have to actually. Then you have to because like you voice a lot of. I mean, and so does Phil and and Will as well. Um, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm following Phil as well. You do put a lot of uh, panache in, in your voice, voices as well. So there's a little, there's uh, some some acting there coming through with the, with the you know, with the Hercules and uh, the who was yeah. it, the Kid Reaper, Bunky and Bunky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Kid Kid Reaper, very bizarre uh, yeah. little character there. Yeah. I, I tell you, so it's actually a, um, a double-edged sword that show as well because um, if you don't have the comic then listening to you guys is, as you say, like an audio book and there's a bit of commentary. But um, also, because I've done it as well, like you read along um, whilst mm, you guys are reading cool. it and it's really fun. It's actually, I think it's, um, yeah, I think it's, it's, it actually enhances it so much. It's similar to um, director's commentary, as you say. If you're watching the movie and you and you have people talking um, about it, it's yeah. really good. So, um, I'm glad you get it, Ray. I'm glad you get it. And, and for those of you who don't know what director's commentary is, this is something that kind of gets lost in the streaming generation. Mm. But it's something that I love so much because you DVD, the, sometimes yes. multiple commentary tracks, writers, actors, producers. I would learn so much, and I love the I love the behind the scenes of uh, stuff like that. Do, do they offer that? Um, like for when you buy things digitally, because I'm about to say you can justify buying a Blu-ray because it's just got all these features, right? Whereas you buy a digital copy. It's, see, see that I'm not I'm not sure of because I I've bought some TV shows digitally. I don't think I've bought any movies digitally okay. yet. Right. So, but yeah, there's sure. there's gotta yeah. be yeah. But no, they are good. The commentary is good, and uh, I just want to give a little quick shout out as well, um, fellow collective members, Inner Demons, a Ghost Rider podcast. Uh, they, yeah. Uh, yeah, they recently, I think for episode fifty, um, they did a, um, a a video commentary of, uh, oh, oh, sorry, an audio commentary for for the the movie, um, the second one. Uh, Spirits of Vengeance, I think. Um, ah, cool. That, that classic with Nick Cage. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, Looney's that. Uh, so yeah, no, I was gonna say that is something that like that 
I like that when fans do stuff like that. So you can see that on YouTube sometimes. Yeah. And they just say, hey, cue up the movie and yes. press play on the YouTube video. That's fun. And and it's great. Yeah, yeah. I love that stuff. You have a, you know, you get to, it's it's almost as if you're having a conversation, you're on the couch and someone else is, you know, you're just talking because you, you do that, right? You know, unless yeah. you're the p- yeah. sort of person that doesn't like to be disturbed while you're watching. Um, well, but, I, I, okay, now I, I am kind of that person. Yeah, well, me too. I think everyone is a little bit, yeah, yeah. But one thing that, you know, my, my wife is, she just, t- she takes me out of it. Sometimes I have to tell her, like, stop. She's like, who's that guy? I know him from this thing. I'm like, listen, the, he's an actor. He's been in many movies, yeah, yeah. okay? Oh, let, let me depose it again. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, no, but that, oh, well, that's, you know, um, for your wife, though, I'm sure that's endearing, right? So, like, yeah, no, no, no. She's very, she's very sweet, but yeah. yeah absolutely. Uh, look, yeah. just, um, I guess before we wrap up and we head off to another location, as is. The uh, the usual. So um, I'm hoping your your Tom Collins is uh, is filling up your belly quite well. Uh, <laughs> um, the final, I guess, the final core question that we always ask is how, like, how did you get introduced to Moon Knight? Like, whether or not you you collect it ongoing or not. I mean, I'm you know of the character. So, what was your first experience with him? And um, and did you collect any any of the the runs? Well, I, back in the day, I couldn't pony up that extra 50 cents. But <laughs> no, but you know what? I didn't see Moon Knight as well distributed in my in my little small town as often. Uh, I would I would say that I I tried to get my hands on anything that was an Infinity crossover in the corner in the top corner of it. And uh, the first one was the Infinity Gauntlet. I think there was uh, maybe one or two Moon Knights, or maybe not until the Infinity War. But so yeah, they started yeah, because yeah. that, yeah, because that was a big, uh, that was a big, huge comic book crossover. So the places, my spots that I went to, Gold Star Video and Wax Packs and stuff, they would sometimes carry titles that they didn't ordinarily carry because they were connected to the these infinity crossovers. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I, I picked them up from uh, from there. But I I would see him in the background of stuff and I always thought he was a cool looking character. I dug the the cloak and yeah. and the in the in the moon and <laughs> insignia and stuff like that. So that that always fascinated me. I have I have got some uh, you got- some more recent ones okay. too and and uh and 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 meeting you in, in this in this podcast s- spectrum has, <laughs> has made me be like yeah you know what yeah. there's a reason this guy does a, a, a podcast <laughs> called into the night yeah. this character is cool i'm gonna go and check out like the old old stuff so i yes. got the essential moon night I, yep. with the werewolf by night and, and stuff like that they're they're good and, reads uh, it's um it, it's very obviously very different yeah. it, it's of its time as well but yeah i remember you holding that up as well the essential essential they're actually yeah. they're hard to get they're all out of print now so um you've done yeah. well to to pick up a, a copy <laughs> of that um but the later runs, yeah. yeah later runs. look he's developed um as loonies all know he, he every every run is different um, writers bring different things to him, but there's a lot, little yeah. core thread um, that mm-hmm. that is essentially Moon Knight. And um, yeah, I'm sure. Like, we'll we'll all be watching the TV show. I'm sure. Um, oh wow, yeah. Are you are you a fan of um, comic book uh, TV shows like the Netflix shows and all that? 
So, yes, and some I haven't really dove into. So, I uh, I mean, there was a time that I that I didn't have Netflix when a lot of the things came out, and then there's been some that I've burned through, and then stuff that I just haven't had the time to. Like sometimes, you know, before I had a sleep timer on my TV, I would fall asleep watching it late in the in the night. It late into the night, and then I would wake up. I would wake up hours later and be like, "Okay, I'm lost. Great. I don't know where I left off because mm-hmm. you know it just keeps going." So I, I felt I felt that way about Cage. I think I finished okay. Luke Cage. I love I loved Daredevil. Yeah, I loved the Punisher series, and and then I just didn't watch for some reason that many of the defenders oh, I didn't see okay. any any iron fist i don't know oh, like sometimes really? okay. i i don't know like i i think i tr- i tried to start it but i never really read that character mm-hmm. I, I uh as a kid so i wasn't like as as uh urgent to it and now mm-hmm. i'm just kind of take it take it for granted that well they exist on netflix so i could go and watch them i really like the jessica jones series too and I know there's kind of an interconnection, and, and and it culminated in the Defenders. I think it also one thing that kind of overwhelms me is like, oh wait, now I need to watch all of Iron Fist before I watch the Defenders or something. There, and, there is that, and so yeah. so that kind of back back burnered it for me. Yeah, I mean, but, but um, as you say, they're still there, and and you can always pick them up. But they are worth watching, I'd say. Like, um, despite no, yeah, despite what you hear about, like Iron, the, I, unfortunately, Iron Fist got such bad. Like backlash from fans online, just dissing it, you know, in the lead up to it, during it, and stuff. And um, and admittedly, Scott Buck has done not the like he he kind of butchered the Inhumans um, a little, mm-hmm. um, and he so he did Iron Fist. Uh, oh look, I thought Iron Fist was fine. Season one and season two was really good. Um, mm-hmm. um, so no, definitely worth watching. Uh, but look, we're all we're all chomping to the bits for maybe 2022 i think when when moon Knight hits um oh, my oh God, man it's gonna be yeah. crazy the uh, this podcast is just gonna go hay haywire with, with that so um, oh quick quick little side note there was yep. a superhero series that i that i loved in the 90s and that was the original the flash series yes did, did you john wesley ship yep i love that yeah. show i loved it um yeah that actually uh, I, have, I have the collection on dvd oh you do which i which i which i've owned twice Wow! Yeah, I, uh, I sold I sold a bunch of my stuff, and then I was like, you know, I I shouldn't have sold that one. I need yeah. that back. And Did that? So I got it. That lasted only one or two seasons, right? It, it seemed like I it believe more. I believe so. Yeah, yeah, but that but that was also a time where seasons were much longer. Yes, so they they weren't like your ten episode Netflix season. Yeah, and the first the first episode is a mo- It's basically a movie too. Yeah. It's really dark and it kind of has vibes. It's kind of a cross between the Tim Burton, Batman, and yes, uh, very and Dick, much so. in the Dick in, in Dick Tracy, and it was very much of that time because you have like darkness but bright colors and, and oh, the goofiness. colors were the colors were just like I watched the I think one recently and it's like oh man, this is definitely of its you know of the era. But, oh yeah. yeah, there's a lot of dated stuff in it. <laughs> watching it back, but but, but that it, suit was a, awesome. It's got a, oh, I loved it. Yeah, it looked like suede and stuff, <laughs> but yeah. And, and he was the dad from the Neverending Story too. And, oh, yeah. was he? Okay, okay. He was. Yeah, I just but know he. I, lo- it, I loved yeah. it. Yeah, no, it was fantastic. And um, yeah, I, I don't. I, I tried to watch the the CW Flash, the, the latest one. 
Um, I think I got mm. through season one and, and a bit of season two. I didn't. I didn't not like. I didn't not like it. It was just that obviously we're we're spoiled for choice now these days. Yeah, um, yeah. And there's just so much out there. But I do remember having very fond memories of the Flash. And actually, I was thinking back in that day. Yeah, man, I got to start collecting the Flash. It actually drew me to the character because it was so mm. cool a show. Um, yeah, that yeah. was a book that I went when I kind of went in and out of reading comic books in my later years or early 20s and stuff yeah. the flash brought me back because my roommate was reading it i was ah, like oh nice. i'm gonna, I'm gonna dig into that yeah. well speaking of reading books <laughs> matt um i think it's uh, how are you going with your tom collins it's all good um warm and fuzzies you got the warm and fuzzies <laughs> excellent yeah yeah I'm, I'm i'm starting to feel it yeah, yeah. Well, well how about you um just follow me just over here we'll go um we'll go out of this uh what is this family room or whatever it is? <laughs> I don't know. The, the, the den. The den. Yeah. Sorry, the den. That that was it. Um, and as we walk in down this corridor, you can see some um, some armor here. Not your typical knight armor. This is the the Moon Knight adamantium armor from the Mark Spector Moon Knight Ooh. run. There's the carbonadium armor from uh, Vengeance of the Moon Knight. Let's open this door. And uh, yeah, here we are with the uh, the worship room. Um, Temple of Conchu, the Conchu room. Um, I'm just going to summon Conchu. Yes, yes. Um, please, genuflect, genuflect, Neil. Just going to summon old Conchi, old K man, uh, and he's going to like teleport us to our next location. So, Loonies, we're going to head off to another location. Um, and uh, yeah, let me just, um, Conchu, are you there? Hello, this is Conchu. What do you want this time? Hi, Conchu. Yeah, it's me, Ray. Look, I'm here with Matt. Hi, Matt. Um, Matt, say, 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 say hello to Conchu. Hi, Conchu. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah Matt's, a, Matt's a big fan. He's very devout. Um, you know, he, he loves your stuff. He loves your work. Anyway, Conchu, can you please um, teleport us to our first location? We've got a couple of books. We've got four books of Matt's to, to cover. Well, I suppose it is... Uh... I suppose I can do that. You really do ask a lot of me, Ray, sometimes. I'm sorry, Conchu. Um, yeah, look, this will be the last one, I swear. All right, let it be so. All right, Lenny's, we're, we're about to go. When we come back after this break, I'll be with Matt in a new location, and we're going to kick off with his ranked th- uh, fourth and third books. So catch you then. Take it away, Conchu. Hey there! I'm sure you know about the Capes and Lunatics podcast, but have you heard about the Capes and Lunatics Sidekicks podcast? It's a fun home for classic and new reviews of just about everything. We have the Ultimate Spider Cast, where we cover everything Spider Man, the Quantum Zone, where we talk the classic Marvel character Quasar and do deep dives on the cosmic side of Marvel. We also have Comic Capers, where we cover everything old and new in comics. It can be anything, any company, any decade. And we also have our Media Mondays, where we cover some kind of TV show, be it a Arrowverse uh, current hit or our summer specials, where we do reviews of uh, classic episodes of the Buffy the Vampire Slayer spinoff Angel. So, if you're a fan of pop culture and media, you should really check it out. And I promise you, you won't be disappointed. 
Hi, this is Dave. And I'm Stu, and we're from the Signal of Doom. We're proud members of the collective, and you're listening to Into the Night, a Moon Knight podcast. Yes, welcome back, loony listeners. You are listening to episode 146 of Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast. This is an Isla Ra Sessions. We have ventured from Conchu's teleporting kind of skills and prowess, and we are, of all places, Matt, we're in Asgard. Can you can you see the wondrous landscape before you, uh, the flying pegasus and, uh, and the boats? Pegasi? Pegasi. Yeah. And uh, there's a lot of drink and merriment because they're, you know, they're kind of Viking-ish. Um, a lot of cheer, a lot of murmuring. Anyway, so the reason why we're here, we are going to reveal a ranked four, Matt, your number four book um, you'd like to take to a desert island is Thor 450. This is a big milestone um, issue. Um, so, yeah, why why did you take us through? Why did you, did you pick this nostalgia story how did it affect you yeah so i picked thor as number four because they rhyme no not really but, uh, this is, all right so this is partial cop out because this uh this is a it's like a a big packed issue it's like a yes. double-sized whatever but this was from an an era of of thor that was uh, you know kind of special to me because it was being printed at the time that I was uh, sort of getting into reading comics, and that that was at a time when Eric Masterson was it was in charge of uh, Majulner. He was the wielder of the hammer, the yes. man with the beard, and he, he was the, he was the uh, the guy of the moment. Yep, uh, this is and, synonymous with the nineties for me. Eric Masterson, um, Thor. Um, the the modern talking, uh, slightly different looking because he's got the the eyepiece over his thing, bearded Thor. So, yes, yeah, yeah. Yep. He's got he's got the little uh, <laughs> what's it called, you know, the 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 Phantom of the Opera, <laughs> but silver mask part yep. and uh, yeah. yeah. So I I I mean, kind of gets back to what we were talking about in terms of uh, Quasar because. This was a guy who felt like he was unworthy of his station. Like, what's he? What's he doing? Why is he wielding the hammer when it should be, you know, someone else? Like, he's going to be exposed at any moment. Like he felt yeah. in some of those crossovers. But he, um, he had a lot of that, didn't he? He had a lot of um, doubt in himself, which um, which is actually you know quite refreshing um, for the character of Thor because. He's always been such a um, confident, almost arrogant kind of god, right? Um, knowing how powerful yeah. he is and um, taking on stuff. So it, it did kind of it does give a different angle of, of this Thor and his relationship with the Avengers. I think is very interesting because um, he's not sure that he's doing the right, a good enough job for them. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Definitely, and, and so this one—it was a 450th issue. I remember being very impressed when I was 
reading comic books that there had been this many issues too. It's like Thor seemed to be like way more than Spider-Man, which I was reading, which is in like the 300s and Fantastic Four was also probably in the 400s. Yeah, that was the beginning as well. And it, 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 yeah, and so that was always very overwhelming to me. I'm like, wow, there's this many. If I wanted to go back, I first of all, it would cost me thousands and thousands of dollars yeah. pre-internet. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But this was uh, it was. Uh, I mean, when I reread it, it it held, it holds up. It's got aspects of things that I liked. Mephisto, the devil character. Mm. He's at the very beginning. It sort of just refreshes any uh, average reader, which which I was. If you were just picking up the set of comic book, you're like, Who, why is Thor have a, why does Thor have a beard? Oh, he's he's being trapped. He's yep. somewhere else. Yeah. So um, just um, for the readers as well, or the listeners, so um, just a little bit of uh, backtrack, backtracking and setup for this issue, Matt. So what's so th- the the real Thor is in hell. Is that is that the the idea? Um, he, the, the the real Thor is uh, trapped, and that's why Eric Masterson has got the hammer. So he's not really the true Thor, but he's he's got all the attributes, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. So Odin it doesn't, says, it, yeah. doesn't, it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't say uh, hell or how they normally uh-huh. spell hell or refer to it. It just says the sweltering gloom, the eternal yeah. home of Mephisto, yeah. and you <laughs> yeah. know it's it, it's. Where do you think that is? <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, uh, no, Mephisto's great. I mean, I think he's being reused now as well in a lot of current comics. Um, but he's always good. He's, he was incapacitated in uh, in the Damnation run, which we've covered. Uh, it was a couple of years ago, I think, um, with Doctor Strange. He was imprisoned in Las Vegas. Um, that's still been touched upon by Ed Brisson in the in the recent runs of Ghost Rider and stuff. Um, and I think he's and uh, and Jason Aaron. And I think he's coming out now um uh mephisto so yeah always a great great villain um but this is um yeah what i i I loved reading this and this comprises uh this issue comprises three big story oh one main big story and two other kind of backup stories um i like the last one i'm not sure if that um what is uh what is he the blood axe or something the i wonder if he actually eventuated um, well, it, it's it's kind of the, I guess this may be the in, the introduction to Blood X, but when mm. later when uh, when Thor comes back and Eric Masterson becomes Thunderstrike, oh, yeah, Blood X, right. Blood X is a, a constant foil of his. Okay, so he, he he's sort of uh, the big bad guy that keeps popping up. I think Thunderstrike went. Maybe a little over, a little under twenty issues, but um, but Blood Axe is is very present. So this is where you see the early days of Blood Axe, and he's sort of dictated by this axe and chain he has. Mm. He doesn't really know. He's sort of giving a uh, giving giving it to the fact that he's being led by this. He, yeah. He's not really in charge, but he kind of knows that he's going to learn the ropes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's, there's a word that I'm just blanking on. I was no. going to say, like, well, he, something, he, culpability or something. But, yeah, you know. I mean, he also embraces it as well. I mean, he, he decks him out with it. Oh, he decks no. himself out with a, a new costume. <laughs> you know, he really gets into yeah. the whole uh, the whole vibe. So, um, yeah, so that's yeah. The, the third story. I found that was quite quite cool. It was a nice short and sharp. Um, but back to the main story. So, kind of, I guess in a nutshell, um, there's there's like war in in Asgard. Um, Heimdall has 
has taken or us usurped, I guess, the 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 ruler the rule of uh, of Asgard. Um, I think the Asgardians, I believe, they think that he's done that like legally or whatever. But I think Eric Masterson knows that there's some sort of underhanded scheme happening. Um, Odin is not in his Odin sleep; he's actually trapped in his sleep. Um, there there are some big players here, Carnilla who I've read some old classic Thor, and it's really cool to see her back here, because I've always been more um, familiar with the Enchantress, and she's here as well, a big Thor villain. Um, but Carnilla's here as well. Uh, you have Ulik, the troll. You have all these other trolls. And then you have these, this cool SWAT squad, Matt, which are <laughs> um, yeah. Stone Co and... yeah. Yeah, Code Blue. Is that what they're called? Code Blue, yeah, yeah. right, right. And uh, I just like... Their, their kind of brazenness. Like, they're up against trolls and stuff, and Stone's like, no, 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 just treat them like any other perp, you know? Just just, just keep on shooting, and, you know, we're going to take them in. Could you imagine, you know, you're on a rainbow bridge, you've got these weird-looking creatures coming at you. But it, um, yeah. anyway, and, and the other, the funny bit here I found um, was when Stone meets up with Ulick, and uh, they're on that precip the Well of Eternal Tears, they're on the edge there, and... Um, and uh, Ulick thinks like he's hanging off the ledge and he goes, just kill me, just get it over and done with. Stone's going, you think this is about vengeance? No, no I'm, I'm arresting you. <laughs> it's like you're thinking, what? <laughs> like arresting a troll? Um, so right. yeah, it's all, it's almost like a reverse of the the fish out of water aspect of yeah. like, you know the the first Thor movie because you got all these guys from yeah. uh, America coming to Asgard and uh, yeah, a little bit of hijinks. So do you know what um, kind of what eventuates with this? Because we're kind of left hanging a bit. There's the the end bit where Carnilla and some old dude is it Odin uh, are, are laughing at each other, drinking wine. Yeah, well, that's what it is. You know, it, it, it's Odin, but is, is it really oh. Odin? Is he, is there some mysticism? Is he being right. uh, led along or, or something like that? Which I believe that that's how it uh concludes like odin was being manipulated and eventually oh, okay. thor comes back i mean there's a lot of some sometimes some of these stories in the 90s especially i'm i'm figuring out now with my wiser eyes <laughs> they were a, a little bit perpetrated or i don't know they, they seem like Overly complicated, as we'll, yeah, as we'll get convoluted. In, in, the, in, yeah. in, the, in the Superman, in the Superman issue, I chose a little bit later. Yeah. We'll, we'll sort of get into that as well. And uh, but I remember, I don't know, that, yeah. the getting back to regular Thor was a bit complicated. I don't remember all the details <clears throat> off the top of my head. Yeah. But that it, it's uh, it's well, I mean, it's, it's well done. There's just a lot of. Yeah. A lot of you had to be paying attention to the many issues leading up to it. Is there is does that is that just around the corner from this the, from four fifty or or is it editing more towards? Because you'd think like a milestone issue would have some massive reveal. Maybe is it the five hundred? I don't know. Well, when does real Thor come back? I mean, like you uh, just said, you didn't know off the top of your head, but I mean, is it closest to this? Maybe or I believe it's close. I, I think it's within the uh, the next couple of months or issues okay oh okay it's, uh, uh, a few more issues to go okay yeah okay because th i feel like thunderstrike came up a little bit around this uh 
this time too. But did you no. did you ever collect Thunderstrike? I never collected Thunderstrike, but I know of his <laughs> aesthetic. I have t- I have tracked them down since, right. but um, I I feel like I I, I might have got the yeah I definitely bought the first issue because that was always pretty cool to get a number one, especially if it had yeah a little bit of a hologram or a oh. prism cover, which which I believe it did. It's a no brainer. Yeah. You just go grab it. in the '90s. It's like man, this is gonna set me up for my retirement fund i'm gonna get these hologram machines i'm gonna get these embossed covers um yeah little did we know um but anyway no, they're still fun to have i mean um and again we'll reveal there's another issue that matt has chosen that does have a holographic uh cover which is pretty fun um, <laughs> yeah, yeah so thunderstrike ha- came out in in uh june of 93 and this okay. era of thor thor is September of ninety two. So oh, yeah, okay, I guess six uh, months. Or yeah, so. yeah, about six issues. Another arc, another whole arc in today's <laughs> standards, and then we'll get we we'll yeah. something happening. Um, right. Okay, right. Uh, look, I don't know about you, Matt. The the teleporting um, and and being here in this banquet hall has made me a little parched again. Um, I don't know if you want a bit, a bit of a look. I can see Voltstag right right next to us. Hello, Voltstag. Yeah. <coughs> Looking rather larger girth. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know. Do you do you want to um, do you want to have another drink here, Matt? Sure, I'll, I'll take another one. Okay, I, I think I see the. Oh, it's not the bar. Ten, that's Odin. Hi, Odin. Um, are you are you tending bar? Are you? Okay. Uh, how many? How many? Ooh, I feel like I should change my drink. Get like a nectar <laughs> or something. Get a nectar. Get some uh, some mead. Um, if if uh, if Matt and I were about to get some mead, a flagon of mead each, Odin, um, how many shack- how many shackles should I give you? As many as I need it. Oh, okay, fine. Okay, well we'll go for that then. Thank you. Um, that'll be great. Uh, love your work. Uh, cool. Excellent. Uh, cool. <laughs> All right, Matt. Well, um, so so Thor four fifty. Um, yeah. Any any other like, I guess any other. Um, Nostalgic or any other really elements of it that kind of really um, stuck with you as to why you'd pick it to take it to a desert island? Well, I think after reading old 70s and 80s Thor 2, I I like that this kind of uh, the worlds of Asgard is very similar to what you would see in in those issues matched up with Eric Masterson, I think. I, I have a, a newer level of appreciation for um, both worlds that they're kind of jamming together. So I think that's why I might enjoy it a little bit on the old desert island. Yeah, nice. Uh, yeah, fantastic. It is a, a very cool um, issue to have on there. Uh, definitely reread worthy, I reckon. And the art is um, the art's fantastic. I, I love that kind of old. Um, yeah, classic. Yeah. Uh, Friends, is it? Is that Ron Friends? That's Ron Friends. It is. Yeah, um, friend yeah, yeah. of uh, friend of Phil's, a friend of uh, Capes and Lunatics. So really <laughs> cool. Um, how about we then we dive into because I'm I'm kind of building up to the big the big final two, Matt, as well. Like I know there's a sure. um, there's a rank. So rank three, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna lift this um, this I'm gonna have a waiver on this Batman reference. You've mentioned it once, okay? I've mentioned it a second time. No bleeps because. Your third-ranked book is uh, Detective Comics 668, so featuring none other than Batman. Again, what? 
<laughs> Again, why did you um, why did you choose this issue as well? This is an interesting one because it's in the middle of a. I'm assuming a, a massive one of the classic runs, right? Nightfall or Night Quest or. Yes. So yeah. Nightfall is is the storyline that culminates in Batman getting broken mm-hmm. by Bane, that yeah. epic thing. And that's something both Batman breaking his back and the death of Superman kind of brought me back to comics. So I've gone kind of like in and out over my 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 lifetime, but that made me really get interested. Like the whole world, it was, it was such a huge thing. Yeah. Too. Yes. And so yeah, I remember. Yeah. I, I and when I was picking these, obviously, those two stories and how they culminated would have been good picks. But I, I wanted to veer away from there because mm-hmm. I liked the I liked the stuff in the aftermath. Because, I mean, they hook you with this big thing and then you want to know, well, where do we go from there? What happens next? Yeah. And in the case of both Superman and Batman, they kind of give you... They give you some options. It's not just <laughs> one guy coming to replace him. With Batman, kinda. Like there, there's a spotlight on all these other characters, such as Robin and Phil's favorite Nightwing. Mm-hmm. And um, so, Night Quest: The Crusade is is about a post-Batman world with Bruce Wayne still laid up. And just this cover is is so iconic to me because you see the uh, pretty cool the Azrael Batman with his. Uh, Sort of armor and newfangled '90s technology. <laughs> a, a, right. a nice excuse to, to to integrate some '90sness into Batman, isn't it? Like it's a nice. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just throw throw a utility belt around his thigh. Doesn't <laughs> really look like it has any use, but you know, if you can't go c- cable style cargo pockets, what else? What are yeah. you gonna do? <laughs> and uh, so he's he's leaning over Robin and it, you know mm. he's got like these these talons and Robin is defeated and it looks like he's uh, going in for the kill yeah. so that's that's intriguing because this guy is sort of a loose cannon he's sort of a vigilante yes and and that's and he doesn't want any help he doesn't want a sidekick or yes. former sidekicks that have graduated into adult characters or anything he's, yeah that was that was one of the most uh, that was a fun like the fun bit of here that that was a payoff obviously of this issue the 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 throwdown between the two and I, and I love that you know when um when Tim makes his way down and and not being a, a Batman fan um written well enough by Chuck Dixon to understand what's kind of happening like he introduces like Tim's going through that secret passageway that was the original way that he found the Batcave and, and inevitably became Robin uh, but uh, in a you know really succinctly you, you get the, the the sense that um, Jean Paul is that his name he he does yeah. not like yeah he doesn't like Robin he he's told him before and yeah so he's he's pretty um and it ends with him with a splash page him being um, going a bit nutso uh, you know wanting elder criminals to fear him so uh, no no this was um yeah I mean Chuck Dixon around the nineties as well he wrote a heap of stuff. Um, so he's, uh, you know, this is not his first rodeo. It's, it's quite a quite a good story. Yeah, and it's a story where, again, the cover wants you to, to pull people in to buy it. It's not yeah. a, a big fight with Robin throughout. You get some weird hijinks. You get some yeah. some twin some twin cowboys. Yeah, yeah, that was weird. That was weird. Yeah, yeah, wearing chaps and white pants and stuff like that. It's uh, it almost kind of looks like 
Pee Wee's Playhouse kind of cowboys. <laughs> yeah, but, but they, yeah, yeah, they're, they're what they're um, planning. A, there's like a ten, uh, a heist ten years in the making or something. This uh, this criminal right. guy, he's he's kind of got these guys. Is this guy a famous guy? Is he a is a popular guy in DC? No. He doesn't I look, don't. I don't know. I don't yeah. think so. But, no. Yeah. Looks like he's probably he probably gets um probably gets done in the next few issues, but no, that was yeah. interesting. I, I found, but um, it, it doesn't linger on that too long before it gets back to to, to Tim Drake, uh, and the yeah. other thing as well. I guess this is a seminal issue because uh, Tim Drake gets his driver's license, which is a <laughs> he does a big yeah. a big thing in this. So he's apparently younger than the age that you can get one um, but he's allowed to do it because his dad's his dad's uh, um, you know just um, an invalid is he or um, yeah yeah yeah. okay okay and so he goes to reclaim the uh, the Robin Mobile Mm. I guess which is it's just in the uh, the fleet of cars at the at the Batcave the uh, pretty pretty called the Red Bird and it looks pretty cool looks like something from Looks like something from the '80s mask uh, toy line, you, you know, and, and cartoon. Um, uh, actually, forget about the Red Bird. I don't know about you. Look at that! Look at that Batmobile behind it. Um, oh yeah, that's looking pretty, uh, pretty funky there. Pretty funky mm-hmm. indeed. Uh, yeah, no, it's um, yeah, this was a yeah, it's a funny shoe. Um, and yeah, I can see what you mean. It's a bit hard to with one issue. Then how do you encapsulate? You know, if you did love the Nightfall, the Night Quest, the Night and Night's End run, how do you encapsulate it? So you got to pick one, um, and yeah, yeah. This was sort of a random, sort of by the cover, but uh, upon rereading it, one thing that is kind of funny and topical today is we see like this sort of a sleazy movie producer office trying to uh, get Crocky the movie off the ground. Yes, you know, cap- capitalizing on the Crocodile Dundee, most likely. But, um, <laughs> yeah. But we get he gets a phone call, someone pitching a life story of a master criminal, and it's, it's a man be. in the shadows with long hair and a very creepy smile. Is, it's autobiographical. It's the Joker. He's a Joker. It's, it's, yeah. He's pitching the Oscar-winning film oh, yeah. Joker. It, it, maybe know. that's Joaquin Phoenix in the in the shadows there. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. even as the yeah, even as yeah. the hair. I, I want that Oscar. He's, he's saying so. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. That was an, yet another thread that Dixon um, chucks into this issue. So there's a lot happening in this issue, um, but I think it's uh, well balanced um, essentially, and and the main thrux of it, which is the cover, and, and thank God that the cover this this time. Well, this cover reflects what happens inside. You know how many times comic books <laughs> have yeah. misleads. Um, but yeah, oh, we do get a, a throw down there. Are you a fan of Azrael, or um, or is that partly why? Or no? I I was. I yeah. I think that I I had that uh, just rebellious teen in me where I was like, yeah. oh, this is a Batman that's not afraid to 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 do what it takes. You know, not like I yeah. was pro murder in comic books but it, it did kind of take me out of it in terms of like some of these heroes you know you see it in the Avengers a lot they're like no we don't kill and it's like this guy's a mass murderer you know you gotta, <laughs> yeah. you gotta it's okay sometimes there could be an exception yeah. but uh I like I like the suit and I liked Azriel sort of being a, a lone wolf and 
uh, you know, I didn't think it was going to be forever when I was reading it. I didn't yeah. think this is going to be Batman oh, for sure. from now on out. But uh, yeah. but I was I was along for the ride. Yeah. Sure. I mean, these days, it's funny because, like, um, the, the comic book fan is a lot more savvy to, to these uh, tricks that their writers pull. But what they've done now is, like, say, for instance, Wolverine, like, you know, they've killed him. He's died. But then he's dead for, like, a good four years. But, you know, he's like, he's coming back. He's coming back. But you're still waiting. It's like... Shit, and then before you know, it's like oh, for four years. Okay, he's finally back. <laughs> um, so there are different ways, but yeah, you're right. Around this time, you know, the status quo would always come back to it um, before you know yeah. it. So um, yeah, so Detective Comics. I was just thrown a bit there, Matt, because I've got it down as Detective Comics, which it is. But I was having a look at the front cover, and there's a big Batman on the front. It's like, oh, hang on, is this a Batman issue? No, no, no. They've obviously used that instead of Detective Comics as well um, to make right. a big selling point. Um, but yeah, yeah. Mm. So cool. All right. Well, so those are your ranked four and three. Um, you know, we can't stay here too long amongst the gods in Asgard, so we have to keep on moving. So what I think we'll do, Loonies, is that we're going to jump off to another quick little break here from another one of our fellow collective members. And when we're back, um, look, we're not going to bother Conchu. Uh, Matt and I will make our own way to another location for Matt's final two. So, um, yeah, catch you then. I am Connor from the House of L. And I am Ray from the House of Zod. We are two of the many, many survivors of Krypton's destruction, and we have made our home in Australia, and dare I say have become Australians, for better or worse. But we have also decided to read Superman comics, read Superman books, watch Superman shows, cartoons, movies, basically everything Superman, and from an Australian perspective as well. Whether you're a seasoned fan, like me, or whether you are coming in fresh, wide-eyed and wanting to learn more like me, then this podcast is for you. Join us for our bi-weekly adventures available on all good podcast catches. So just search for Last Sons of Krypton, a Superman podcast. We'll be coming to you from Australia or some cosmic dimension, wherever we are, that week. Up, 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 up and, and away! away. Yes, welcome back, Looney listeners. You are here again. This is the Isle of Ra Sessions, episode 146, and we are we are at the pointy end now, baby. This is it. We are in the, the top two books for special guest Matt Kona, um, current co-host of the Quantum Zone, the um, Quasar podcast. Anyway, so Matt, you can see it's a little bit, you can hear it's a little bit echoey, it's a little bit reverby. We are actually within a, a, a large metallic, I guess it's a sphere, I don't know what it is. Um, there, there's a lot happening here with a lot of these supermen running around. Um, and uh, like we'll see in issue 82 of Matt's Rank 2 book, Superman 82, Reign of the, is it Reign of the Supermen? Is that? Yes. Yes, Reign of the Supermen. The, it culminates in this issue 
Um, we're stuck in this large metal ball. We've just got to, um, you know, make our way through it. Make sure we don't we don't get um, bloody killed by the um, by hen- Henshaw stuff. But anyway, as I'm alluding to Superman eighty two, Matt, this was a cracker. I thought. I mean, um, I found this really really fun to read as well. Um, what significance does this hold to you, and why would you, why have you taken this to to Isla Ra? Well, as I mentioned, sort of with the with my take on number three and the the Batman, I chose that this was a little bit less random than than the, just a metal one from uh, Night Quest. This was the how Superman came back, or how he kind of came back and solidified his place because I think it was a prior issue where this mysterious long-haired man in a black capeless uniform shows up. So at this point in the reign of the Superman, a lot of stuff has been going on. You got the cyborg Superman, you got the Eradicator, and you have uh, Steel. Steel, yeah, he's pretty cool. I'm, I've kind of taken a yeah. liking towards Steel, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you got Superboy, and is that and Connor? So, is that Connor? Um, is that the, is that Superboy Connor or is that Jonathan Kent? I'm not sure. See, I I don't remember. I remember reading uh, the when they. I mean, this is you know both marketing and storytelling, but they they sort of split them all off into well, not all of them, but Steel and Superboy got their own series after this. Uh, obviously, the uh, Eradicator doesn't make it, and, <laughs> and and Cyborg Superman, of course, no. But, um, but yeah, I, I was a big fan. I, I did read Steel, but I was more of a fan of the Superboy comics mm-hmm. in the way in the wake of this. But the, you know, this one is. Uh, you also got Supergirl and Green Lantern in there. Yeah, Green Lantern is. It was a bonus, actually. I, th- I thought um, seeing him there. Yeah, and he takes on Mongol like. Um, so, listeners who listen to my other podcast, the Last Sons of Krypton, the Superman podcast, knows my love of Mongol only because of his ridiculousness. Um, but yeah, he, he's a pretty big hitter, and he takes on uh, GL, and he, he still wins though, Al Jordan. But uh, he comes out of it looking a, a little like uh, like someone coming from ten rounds with Mike Tyson. Yeah. <laughs> Especially this era, Mike Tyson, nineties. You know, oh yeah, oh, he's br- brutal, brutal. Um, <laughs> but no, this yeah. So this is um, so again. I guess in summary, for those that haven't, this is the the culmination of the reign of Superman. It's revealed. No spoilers. You know, it's a while now. But Hank Henshaw, who I believe is a, an ongoing Superman character, um, he kind of gets the shits, doesn't he, or something, and he turns into a cyborg and assumes a role. Uh, and it's revealed that he's the cyborg. He has complete control. That's why we have to be careful in this vessel, Matt. He has complete control of all machinery, which is pretty damn cool power. Um, and yeah, he, uh, including Steel's outfit. Yeah, which is really yeah. cool. Um, uh, so he has uh, not happy. Superman is, we later find, is the real Superman. Um, is in the, he's in the very 90s for me. Like the black suit, guns. You know, it's surprising yeah. that he's got a few leg straps and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so- Superman with a gun is, is sort of weird, but we, you know, he doesn't. He's not charged up. He doesn't have all his powers back. He doesn't know. He's recovered. 
he doesn't know that he was dead. He thinks he was in like yeah. a coma or something. The eradicator has to be like, no, you were. He was Gonzo. That was it. And that was the thing. The eradicator was was the one, and and of course, it's like a one-time only thing he could do. He actually brought Superman to life through some comic book science. Uh, I can't remember yeah. it now, but he he somehow you know aligns the planets or something, you know, and uh, he manages yeah. to to bring him back. Um, and Superman's bigger and badder than ever. And yeah, this is great because this is a whole kind of yeah moment when Superman gets his powers back and he starts to um, to fight against um, Hank Henshaw. Uh, still gets a bit of a run as well. Supergirl, she's in there. She doesn't do too much. Uh, no, I think she did more in the lead up to this. Okay. By the time they got to this point, you know, even Steel, he's all banged up, you know. He's and Superboy, you know, even though he says don't call me boy, he later embraces that. Yeah, okay, he's Superboy. Uh, you know, they don't have a, a ton of stuff. I mean, so it's it's mostly focused on on Superman himself going up against the the uh, cyborg version, Henshaw. Yeah. So it's pretty that, cool because yeah, I mean, there's this. Okay, so for Petrunis as well. And Matt, there's this um, panel there where Henshaw creates a face out of like just the surface of you know the, the metal um, inside the ceiling, and he's kind of following them. Um, I just love how he's kind of almost like within this realm, he's like omnipotent uh, in the sense that he can just control any any of the um, the surfaces, and he he really does a number on steel. Which is pretty, um, pretty cool. Steel's just like a normal guy, right? He's like Iron Man, is that right? He's just yeah. a guy in a suit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So, um, yeah. So I'd, I'd worry about him. He ends up kind of almost, you know, without his suit, so that he doesn't have much going on there. But no, this was a, this was a really, um, this was a really fun one. Uh, yeah. Are you a big Superman collector? Like, do you, I mean, obviously this is one of your, your four, but so do you? Do you collect Superman now, and have you, you know? Uh, I, I don't really collect a, a ton of, of new comics, like, in general, but I, but yeah. I did, but I'll, I'll buy the the landmarks, you know? I, yeah. I bought the big uh, action comics. Oh, 1,000. Yeah, 1,000. Yeah. I, I buy Detective Comics 1,000. And, uh, you know, I still keep up, but I still uh, occasionally... Dump my toe in there. Dump yeah. my toe. Dip my toe. And uh, <laughs> you I slam your my toe, toe off. off and I throw it in there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but but I really enjoyed specifically around this time, you know, because there's a just like Spider Man. There's a multitude in Batman. There's a multitude of different Superman titles. But I really liked this, the one that was started in 1987, just the uh, self-titled Superman book. Okay. So it was kind of neat. I was kind of neat that 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 this one culminated in that story and uh, and whatnot. Yeah. But uh, I I was a yeah I was for sure a, a big Superman fan, a, uh, a son of Krypton, if you will. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, you certainly you certainly picked the big guns um, for your books here, Matt. So um, so just a quick recap: you've got the mighty Thor. Albeit Eric Masterson, but he's still Thor. So Thor, you have big Thor. Yeah. You have Bat. Actually, this is funny. This is a bit of a running thread. You have Batman, not really Batman though. It's Azrael, but as Batman. <laughs> yeah. So, so those two at least. 
Um, we have Superman here, the return of Superman. So the real Superman has been away for the, the whole issue, but he comes back at the end. So um, that's a funny, that's a funny kind of correlation between the three. Um, it is, but, it is. It's like, do I do I only like sugar substitutes? Do I not like <laughs> sugar? You know, what's, yeah, yeah. I'm a vegetarian. I eat a lot of fake meat. So maybe, you know, I like. Oh. Uh, yeah, maybe like things that are just slightly off. Yeah, or maybe you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder. You, you, you know, you love it when they're kind of away, and when they come back, it's it's even better. I'm not sure, um, but also anyway. So let's get into your your final one, rank number one. I think you you dropped the name there. Another big gun of the big two as well. Um, oh, just uh, just before we get into that, uh, yep, uh, in this metallic, but we'll see some drones here, Matt. They're causing havoc. They've obviously spotted us. We've just been perched on the ledge here. Um, now you do have your quantum bands with you, right? So can you, um, <laughs> how about you, um, uh, okay, I don't know, I'm gonna shoot something. Um, lucky I've got a gun. <laughs> I don't know why I have a gun. Anyway. <laughs> you, have a, you have a gun with a cyborg's head in it? <laughs> that's it, that's it. Um, but you've got some quantum bands on, Matt. Why don't you just um, quantum jump us to the quantum zone, and let's just look at our last book. Bloop, bloop, bloop. <laughs> I don't know what sound a quantum jump is, but... Clang. I like to think it's the sound that they use for flashbacks in Wayne's World. Okay, perfect. Okay. <laughs> so um, just, just clang those bands and uh, yeah, off we go. Alrighty, we are we are here in the quantum zone, Matt. This is our last one. Your this is the number one, rank number one, big gun number one. Beats Superman, beats Batman. Incidentally, I just wanted to say, Moon Knight would never have his back broken. Anyway, so going further <laughs> on, um, uh, you have also Thor number one, massive, massive issue. I love this amazing Spider-Man three hundred and sixty-five. For those that don't know, let me just pull up. I, I've got the um, the floppy myself, but I'm just reading digitally at the moment. Um, hang on. Oh, yeah, silly iPad. Anyway, it's the uh, the black holographic cover. So um, for, yeah. for those that don't know, um, I don't know. Were there any variant covers for this that you are aware of? I'm only, I only know this one, so... I don't. I don't believe so. But but yeah. I know that around this time there there were holograms across all the Spider-Man titles. I believe. Okay. I know. I know. I know. There was a green web of Spider-Man with a hologram in the middle. Maybe a blue oh. spectacular Spider-Man. I don't know if they did that with just Spider-Man. No type. No adjective. Yeah. But. Um, yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. yeah. That 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 title. Yeah. Which actually links a little bit into this because. Uh, there's there's mm. the lizard and there's Calypso. So any any loony listeners that are Spider-Man fans, you probably know what I'm talking about. Uh, but we have um, big guns here: David Michelini, Mark Bagley um, on on creative on the creative team here. Uh, this is a big 30th anniversary issue. Amazing Spider-Man 1962 to 1992. There's a one, two, three, four, five, six. Let's say six segments, and then you got some. Uh, then you got the letters page. Um, mm-hmm. and and, uh, and then a special preview at the end. But there are six um, distinct um, sections here. Uh, the main one, 
uh, to, to do with the lizard. Um, but Matt, is, is it, why do you, why this one? Why three sixty five? It, it is a big issue. It's a good one to pick. Um, but what significance does it have to you? So I was a subscriber to the Amazing Spider-Man at this time. Yep. And I remember getting this in the mail, and this is before the internet or even – I mean, Marvel Age existed, but I wasn't really reading it. So I didn't know what to expect. It was always a new thing every month, and I got like, wow, I got this crazy oh, – Yeah. This there's a hologram on this. This is going to be worth millions. <laughs> but I was I was into it for the store. I liked the fact that it was thick. And I was getting a little bang for my buck. They don't charge you more on your $12 subscription, even if you get a, a fancy one in the mail. Oh. And um, I don't know. I just I was really digging The Amazing Spider-Man during this time. Going back and rereading the issue, I have appreciation. It's got kind of a classic villain in in, uh, in The Lizard. Yeah. This is, this is someone that, you know, some of the titles, they would have kind of their stable of villains that would appear more in that one. And I think Lizard appeared uh in the adjective adjectiveless one he was like mm-hmm. the first big bad guy it was really dark and then that he was one. Coping... yeah it was oh, uh, yeah. with todd mcfarlane and calypso the whole lot of voodoo happening and it alludes it yeah that's all here yeah and so he would appear in spectacular a lot so i had uh i wasn't buying every every single issue i i loved i loved the I love the Todd McFarlane's artwork and, and everything, but mm-hmm. you know, I only had so much money that was disposable income. And yeah, I, I like what they did with this where he's sort the lizard is sort of controlling when he can go from warm blooded to cold blooded and you know, he's but going he, back to his family and freaking yeah, out. He he still doesn't have like a total control. Like I guess if you push him the wrong way, right. he kind of He's working on it. Yeah, yeah. he sets off. So yeah, the, the premise for this is basically um, he goes, visits his family. Uh, we see him, what seemingly is, he attacks his, his son, um, kind of scratches him on the on the cheek. Um, Spider-Man follows him. What we find is that the lizard, in his travails after Calypso, he's discovered one of Doc Ock's old labs in the sewers, um, and he reckons he can, um, with what he's experienced with Calypso, um, reverse some process, and again, comic book science, and um, and and give him like uh, a more of a permanent human form as a lizard. So anyway, so that's the whole thing. And he needs an untainted bit of DNA, which he do- he got from his son, which is the scratch. Um, so anyway, that plus him not being totally stable. Um, it, there's a lot of action in shoes. One of the big things here, Matt, is I think there's a call out to. I'm going to test your comic book knowledge. What is that famous Spider-Man issue where he is actually pinned under the building? Because they do they recreate it here, don't they? In the... Yes. Yeah, that's a... yeah. I, I I don't. I can't yeah, name. I can't, Will yeah. Allred might. He might. Know. I reckon Phil with... would know. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm not good with the numbers and stuff like yeah. that. But I feel like I feel like that might have been when he was. We had like his cosmic powers or something, but it's yeah, probably yeah. earlier than that. But yeah. just to, I mean, he he kind of pulls into the mental reserves because you know well, no. Super strength guys could do something. Yeah, like, like he's going. Thor can't lift it. Hulk can't lift it. But you know, he, he just it just shows. And that's one of the things I love about Spidey. Like he really does punch way above his his weight in a sense because mm-hmm. uh, he's got this sense of responsibility that he has. He does have awesome powers. But um, yeah, uh, beautiful art by Mark Bagley. I mean, I know Phil is one of one of Phil's um, favorite Amazing Spider-Man artists. Um, there's also as well. I was when I was reading this, Matt, because um, uh, this must happen right 
before what we're covering with the Scarlet Spider, right? Because um, it's the introduction yeah. of Peter's parents here, which um, yeah. uh, which we know later on he gets he gets a bit dark, Peter Parker, and be known as the Spider because uh, Aunt May's in hospital. Uh, this whole thing with his parents. So this is the first time we actually see his parents. This is an introduction, and um, actually Stan Lee has a little has a little article in this issue as well, talking about um, coming up with his parents. What, how do we make Peter Parker's parents, you know, their their back history? So that was very interesting. Yes, I love the articles. That was the first yeah. of uh, of a couple, and and this one. And and so yeah, I guess it's like a, a reintroduction because it was a king size special number five and uh back when king size annuals were 25 cents <laughs> wow and, and he talks about it it had to do with like spies and it involves the red skull which is kind of cool because that's yeah. not someone that you would that you would connect with spider-man normally and uh and yeah. then he pops up in, in the next issue as they explore the thread um, it's just funny as well, not funny, but it's just a little, um, cause we're exploring the Scarlet Spider thing. And the whole thing is that Aunt May's in a coma because she, she gets, her, I've forgotten what, why did she, who did she see in, um, to, to put her in, in, in hospital? Um, the parents. Is it the parents? Right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because it's, she does the same thing here and I'm thinking, I'm thinking, oh, she's done it again. Oh, oh you know you mean? Oh, sorry. No, oh, no, yeah. I thought you were talking about. Oh, no, yeah, no. Yeah. Um, yeah, in, uh... I, yeah. I don't think it's, I don't think it's the same coma, right? No, 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 it isn't. But I was just thinking, yeah. I was thinking, poor Aunt May, like she's, she's, her heart is going through the ringer. <laughs> like she sees, um, Peter's parents here. She keels over, but we know at the end of the issue, she's just all right. She's not, bad, but you yeah. and I we okay, we do this yeah. yeah we do this thing later on and she kills over again and she's in she's in the coma, um so she has a bad run, um yeah no this, this is a great uh, issue and there are further I guess with these uh, landmark milestone issues there are there's a lot of I guess retelling of the origins maybe it's to pull in new readers if they happen to to buy the issue so right. Yeah. But I, I really like how they did that, and it, yeah, it sort of brings you up to speed in the pre-Wikipedia days. Yes, and stuff. yeah. So you, so you, you sort of see this. Uh, the next bit is J. Jonah Jameson. Mm. How I how I created Spider-Man. Yeah, in a, a little chapter of his book that he's going to dictate to have uh, written out, and and he's it's his commentary over what we see is, is sort of a refresher of the. Of the origin story, yep. and, well, yeah, uh, and the, the fake news version, the, yes, uh, all it is trajectory. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely, and it's 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 good because the writing and the the visuals play off each other. J. Jonah Jameson's uh, text is what he thinks, but then you see the real reality. Uh, so it is a nifty way to to retell it. And you're right, actually, you're right. I've taken it for granted. Nineteen ninety. Two right. Um, oh. This is pre- the internet is very is it existent? I don't oh, yeah. think it's like non-existent at this stage. Maybe just very no, it, very. It, it was probably very niche. Very yeah. yeah, very niche. So this is very important if you wanted to be brought up to speed with um, with your Spider-Man stuff, like just back catalog. Um, similar with and I love one of my favorites was um, was a John Romita um, Stan Lee penned. Um, Gwen Stacy memories of uh, I remember Gwen told from yeah. Mary Jane Mary Jane um, Parker Watson um, is mm. perspective and actually sheds a little bit of 
uh, because I've read some of the older ones. I've, I've read up to the lead up to the death of Gwen Stacy in one of the epic collections, which is really cool. Um, but it's interesting take here because you see Mary Jane's, um, I guess, some jealousy, uh, and she actually does have feelings for Peter, which she doesn't kind of um, pursue uh, while he's yeah. with, while he's with Gwen. Yeah. Yeah, that was sort of happening in the background of those issues we didn't really know. Yeah, and it's one of the main things of why I love Spider-Man, the Spider-Man comics, is that it's more than just a superhero book. Uh, you have this, this cast of fantastic supporting actors, uh, actors, <laughs> characters, and um, yeah. and they're just as enthralling. You know, it's a drama, relationships, all that sort of jazz. Um, really, really good stuff. Um, yeah, it did throw me off a bit at the end where it said this story is dedicated to the memory of Gwen Stacy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I know that's kind of taking it a little too serious, you know. You know. Um, yeah, but then it, the next story they they just throw in the Prowler, which is you know I guess they're trying to build up characters, but I don't yeah. really have that much. No, I mean, the Prowler is very much a supporting B-grade character. He seems to always hang mm. around. Like He's even featured in the Spider-Verse uh, movie, right? So he's yeah. kind of, he's always there. Um, I guess they're really trying mm. to push him, but he's, I don't know, he's not much of a, he's a guy in a cape um, in pyjamas um, with yeah. wrist, wrist blasters, that's all. He um, does have wrist blasters, a little pre-Scarlet Spider-ish. Yes, oh yeah. I like, Sp- yeah. I, I like Scarlet Spiders better, actually. So. Mine too, I do. <laughs> uh, and, and then finally, I found this, because this was actually quite um, a, a big article. Um, oh yeah. It's a, a Marvel historian, Peter Sanderson. He does a lot of articles on, on Marvel as a whole. Um, so obviously he was invited to um to look at the first thirty years of Spider Man, a ripper of a read I, I thought. Um, oh, excellent! Yeah, yeah, a great a great way to kind of cap off um such a, a huge issue. Uh, he he goes into even up to the point of modern day villains uh, like Venom, uh, you know stuff like that, which mm. you know we kind of is a staple for any new readers of Spider Man. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, no, a fantastic, um, a fantastic issue there, uh, Matt. Any other, um, you know, it's quite, it's quite peaceful and quiet here in the quantum zone. So that's, I'm glad that we're not disturbed. <laughs> um, yeah, very chill. Very chill. Yeah. Um, any, uh, yeah, any other final thoughts on on this? Your number one issue here, like, um, definitely rereadability. There's a lot to read here uh, on a desert island if you're if you're stuck on there. Um, but yeah, yeah, uh, it gives you it gives you little snippets like within that essay about the first thirty years. You see a little Mysterio, you see a little Green Goblin, and and, and of course Venom, like you mentioned. Yeah. So yeah, there's a lot of fond Spider-Man memories that I had since I read it so much, and I've got some epic collections too. And yeah. and there's just you know even in the you know present day, there's just a whole. And I love the letters page. You know, people yes. arguing about whether or not cardiac is a formidable foe oh, cardiac. or, or, oh, yeah. or, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but um. But yeah, I just loved uh, loved the way that they summed up Spider Man, and as mm. a kid, that was just a little bit of bonus knowledge. I mean, I probably thought, "Ugh, all these words," but you know, I was getting so much bang for my buck. And yeah. some of my favorite old comics to read now are the Marvel Ages, which are sort oh, of magazines yes. that have like these long features and stuff like that. So that sort of reminded me of that. Yeah. If I was on a desert island, I would love to have some Marvel Ages with me, but. Um, that's yeah. another podcast, probably. <laughs> yeah, um, no, well, it's a fantastic, fantastic pick. Um, yeah, I couldn't pick it better myself. Uh, just a quick reminder 
to our patroonies uh, right now who are maybe watching the video. Uh, we are in the final five minutes uh, of it before it cuts us off. But, you know, that's not going to deter us. But just for, for the visuals, the patroonies, um, just letting you know. Anyway, um, but that, I mean, that's timely because we are towards the end here. Matt, I just wanted to thank you so much for, for taking the time and for, for going through your your Desert Island books, your Isla Ra books. Um, they're awesome reads. Um, and just one final thing I wanted to say about the Spider-Man one. Um, there's so many great artists, like you mentioned, Tom McFarlane, Eric Larson, uh, Sal Buc- uh, Buscema, uh, but Mark Bagley, I mean, just the sheer um, content that he's released in Marvel over the years. Uh, he really is a classic Spider-Man artist, so um, really, uh, this is a really nice issue to have as your your top um, one of your top four Desert Island books. It's it's very much the Spidey that I always look look at uh, or think about when when you say Spidey. So yeah, very very cool. Um, and I could use the prism cover, the hologram, to shoot off sun rays and signal to boats to pick me up. So, oh, actually, that's or, very smart. You know, yeah. So they can rescue me. <laughs> uh, yeah, shine it in the captain's eyes as he's like, you know, um, driving past in his boat. Uh, no, but I, um, a huge thank you, Matt. Uh, it's really good. Uh, thanks once again for, for taking the time. Um, I know that you had a, um, a gig last night as well. We were just talking about it beforehand. Um, so I don't know, you must be tired. It is early morning for you. Um, but before you go, would you mind um, maybe telling the loonies where they can find you uh, if they want to um, hit you up with um, just some feedback or some more some more suggestions or questions about you? Absolutely, comments? absolutely. I'm and and you you could see me do another gig you know, on a separate <laughs> uh, on a similar webcam setup uh, at Matt Kona M A T T K O N A. That's what I'm the uh, the at symbol in front of on the majority of. So uh, Instagram, Twitter, I'm on Facebook. You can find me, guy with the beard. That's me. You know, <laughs> watching the video part. But yeah, I'll I'll do gigs online. I got some old videos on YouTube. I should probably put some old ones up. Yeah, dig into some of the old uh, comics coming up podcasts if you want. Maybe yeah. I'll bring that back. And um, yeah, this was so much fun, Ray. I really had a good time chatting with you and, and rereading and going over some old memories ah, good time man too too easy too easy having you on here it was, it was really good um just also as well yeah definitely check out matt's um um previous podcasts as well um but also check out two others the the uh, quantum zone quasar podcast which you can find on the capes and lunatics just search capes and lunatics we'll have the links all in the show notes um but also uh, as well the spider uh, the Ultimate Spider Cast. Um, at the end mm-hmm. of each month, Matt, I, and Phil, uh, we do a, a retrospective look at the journey of the Scarlet Spider. Ben Riley, very fun stuff indeed. We've we've got a few under our belt, um, but yeah, go check out Matt. There is very cool, and yeah, just uh, send some feedback to the Quantum Zone as well, and and heckle these guys because uh, they uh, they they're always good fun to have a Jeez. jostle with. Yeah. Um, thank you so much Matt Um, next phase we have loonies it is a waning crescent if you look up into the moon sky it will be a waning crescent and Conchu Decrees that is a Lunapic classic run review so we'll be looking at Moon Knight Volume 1 Issue 14 the Stained Glass Scarlet and hopefully fingers crossed I'll have guest co-host Scott Weatherly from the 20th Century Geek Podcast and Stories from Time and Space um very cool matt i've got to get you onto these podcasts as well i'm sure you would love it um stories from time and space very much sci-fi oriented um and 20th century geek just just 
basically pop culture, um, but really fun stuff. Awesome. Yeah, Scott's really cool from the UK. Um, so check that out. That will be out next week. Um, also, as well, uh, Looney's We Are Part of the Collective. Um, just go check out the all of the other shows that we are affiliated with. Um, you can check it out on Twitter, hashtag TheCollectiveNet. If you type that in, uh, you'll see some shows connected. The likes of Inner Demons, a Ghost Rider podcast, um, Earth's Mightiest podcast about the Avengers, uh, or uh, TV podcast industries. Those guys do great work on the TV shows and movies, um, all related to, uh, with comic books and trade paperbacks and, and graphic novels. Uh, finally, you can find us on email at itkmoonnight at gmail.com. Uh, as well as Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Discord, Get Vocal. We've got a couple of websites, uh, as mentioned before, at the top of the show, Patreon. Uh, oh, also, I uh, want to mention our sponsors, Head- Hello Headphones. Um, so um, empowering gamers to do their best. And um, and we're on Podchaser as well. It's a very cool platform. Um, with uh, It's like a feed for all your favorite podcasts. Um, I know that we are off the feed now, Matt, so... That's okay. That's fine. Um, the Petrunis, I'll have to just send them, uh, you know, some hugs and kisses. Um, <laughs> uh, and yep. So finally, as well, just check all the episode, um, the podcast episode description for all the details. I'm going to chuck in all, all the references that Matt's made um, um, to, you know, what made him uh, become a stand-up comedian, how he got into comics. Uh, if you're interested in any of those uh, name drops that Matt has given in the show just check out the show notes so um yeah once again a huge thank you matt uh, i'm assuming a big cup of coffee now uh for, for the rest of the day a bit of a lovely maybe another little cheeky yeah. tom collins you know if you can squeeze it in between <laughs> breakfast and i gotta lunch. i gotta track track that weird magical citrus mix down someplace <laughs> yeah. yeah um and with that loonies may conchu watch over the denizens of the night See you later. Moon Knight and affiliated characters, stories and events are properties of Marvel Characters Incorporated. Materials used and discussed within the podcast are intended for critique and review purposes only under the fair dealing concept of the current Copyright Act. The views, information or opinions expressed during the podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of the copyright owners.